0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Refuel Team Fairchild podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to increase connectedness amongst Team Fairchild members. Every episode, you'll be hearing from different people around the base discussing topics such as leadership, success, failure, personnel programs, resiliency, and much, much more. We hope you enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Refuel Team Fairchild podcast. Today, we got uh, several guests instead of just one. Sitting down with, uh, I didn't count them up. one, two, three, four, five first sergeants here on base. Uh, question I, I get a lot is, you know, what do first sergeants do? How do you become a first sergeant? Um, there's even first sergeants on this base that are not officially first sergeants, but they are full time first sergeant duties. So I thought, you know, what better way to answer these questions than to get a bunch of shirts together and then we'll we'll talk about it. So uh, I guess we'll just start off with. Uh, Everyone, is, introduce yourself, just give a little bit of background on yourself, maybe what units you're from, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of go from there. So we'll start over on my, my
1: left right here. Uh, Master Sergeant Nick Clevenger. I'll be the additional duty first sergeant for the 92nd Maintenance Squadron here on fairtale Air Force Base.
2: Okay. And perfect. So you're
0: one of the ones um, that I was talking about with that you're not a, an official first sergeant, but you will be,
2: for all intents and purposes, first, first sergeant duty. Yes, sergeant. Sir. Nice. Awesome. In place. Sweet. Well, I'm a senior master, Brad Gurley, uh, the the first sergeant for 92nd Maintenance Squadron at uh, Fairchild Air Force Base. Uh, my background is civil uh, engineering, water and fuel systems maintenance. Uh, been, I've been a first sergeant for uh, so four years. Come come May, so it's it's going by super quick. Uh, had an awesome, or I've had an awesome time uh, so far, and uh, looking forward to the next uh, over a year to come as a as a first sergeant. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Hey, I'm uh, Justin
3: Powell. I've been a uh, first sergeant for almost three years. I started out as an age troop, cross chained to Metals Tech, which was awesome career choice. Um, and i uh, been a first shirt for uh, two different SEER squadrons, and now I'm over at the security forces here in Fairchild.
4: Okay. And I'm Master Sergeant Jeff Kreider. I'm currently the uh, first sergeant for the 92nd Wing Staff Agencies and 92nd Comptroller Squadron. Uh, prior to that, I was the additional duty in MXS for about two years. Um, had a deployment in there as well, but I am also a metals technician by trade. And yeah, I've been wearing the diamond for about four months now.
5: Hello, uh, I'm Master Sergeant Jeremy Hall. I am the additional duty first sergeant for the 92nd Maintenance Squadron. Uh, coming up to the end of my tenure, where Sergeant Clevenger is going to uh, replace me. But uh, I'm a jet engine mechanic by trade, um, and I've been
0: doing the additionally first sergeant thing for about 18 months now. All right, awesome. And at Sergeant Clevenger, we, I don't think we got what your your background is. What were your, what were your, what's your AFSC?
1: AFSC is originally a hydraulic aircraft maintenance. Okay. I've been the, the section chief here at the maintenance squadron for the last year. Okay.
0: So both maintenance. Okay, awesome. Uh, so, you know, I guess we'll just start off with I know the process was one way and then changed and then almost went back to the same way. So what is the process now for anyone interested in becoming a first sergeant?
2: Right. So so right now uh, to become a first sergeant is, is no longer a DSD or developmental special duty. Uh, now it's, it's, it's a, a special duty. Uh, so the way that you apply is, is first, make sure that your leadership is, is, is aware that you're interested in, in becoming a first sergeant. Uh, that you want to be a First Sergeant, and a good, a good resource to first check out is on MyPERS, just search uh, First Sergeant, and then there's going to be a, just hit the, the link up there on the top, and there's going to be a PSD guide on there that, that you'll want to check out. Um, there's a checklist on that guide, there are you know, certain qualifications that you had to meet to become a First Sergeant, so just be aware of those. And, and be uh, ready to discuss those with, with uh, your commander, your superintendent, and your first sergeant because you're all going to have interviews with, the, with those personnel. Um, what, what,
0: what's, the, what's the benefit of, of making sure that they're aware, I guess? Aside from the interview, is there any other reason that you should let them know this is what you want to do? Just out of curiosity. So like for me, right, so when the, um, I knew the career advisor spot was opening, I went to my superintendent and CE and said, Hey, I'm interested in that and he actually made a phone call up to the MagCon functional to make sure that we were they were gonna be releasing folks from my career field in the background and I know he kind of gave me a good word to the FSS chief. So that's why I'm asking, is, is it kind that's, of a similar benefit for well, you? That's all? exactly what it is. Okay. It's really just
4: making sure they're in the loop so they can go and bat for you, right? Gotcha. Because there's there's different levels of, you know, the application for the first sergeant duty, right? So okay. Um, so yeah, everything senior, senior Gurley was talking about is, is really just making sure everyone's in the loop of your intentions that you want to be a first sergeant. That's that's the professional side, right? Right. Personal side, you also want to make sure that family's on board as well because yeah. this is a very unique position. We get calls at all hours of the day, right? There's going to be there's going to be long hours. Um, there's going to be a lot of stress, right? So you want to make sure that your family's on board with it as well. Don't they actually interview your your spouses too? Not here. Not Some here. Okay. Do probably. But. Okay. Yeah. No, they don't.
3: When he's talking about that list, uh, you wanna make sure you're actually qualified because they're not doing PT uh, waivers. Okay. They're not doing uh, time and service waivers for how long you've been mess sergeant and stuff like that. So when you express that you wanna be a first sergeant to your command team, you will, they're gonna look at that, hey, do you meet all the requirements? Before we go through all this, calling people and seeing if you uh, are gonna be a good shirt, we wanna make sure that your basic qualifications are down. And right. That's what he's saying, look on that. Checklist to make sure you at least have all the basics down to, to even start to apply. Okay.
2: Yeah. And then, uh, and then as far as selections, it's it's biannual for the selections. I'm just so sort of, everybody's aware of that, and it explains it in the in that PSD guide. Uh, it actually has all the all the class dates uh, for for the, the the first Sergeant academy on that guide. So it's, it's definitely a, a great reference to to be didn't um, like know about. Right. Be familiar with. Okay.
0: So w- once you do all that, and then you put like you submit an application.
2: What's the pro- what's the wings process, I guess, for for picking for sergeants or for
0: nominating them?
2: Right. So there's there's a there's a, a call that that goes out. Um, like I said, it's, it's biannual. The, the call will go out from the wing, and then it, it makes its way down to the squadron, uh, and then folks will submit an application. There, there's an application process. There's actually uh, the application is on on the MyPERS website as well. Uh, And then, there's a a lot of requirements for that application, everything from, you know, AMJAM, RRR, uh, your EPRs, your fitness, your Mm -hmm. surf. Um, And then there's, you know, the commander has to sign off on it, the first sergeant has to sign off on it, and then also the command chief. Uh, So there's a lot of folks that have to sign off on on this application. Um, gotcha. Oh, so it has got to, so it
0: goes through all right. the base wickets, I guess we'll say, before it goes up. Okay. Don't they uh,
5: officially apply in micros first and then the, the application proceeds it after that? Right. Up, up to the match common, up to the Air Force level. Okay. Right.
0: okay. And yeah, the reason I asked that is because uh, I, I actually applied a couple of years ago when it was still a DSD and it was very different from what you just, yep. <laughs> you just described. So anyone that's thinking, oh, it's still the same thing, it's not the no. same process. So I guess just a kind of a side question is for the, the additional duty shirts, I know that's probably more of a unit-specific procedures, but what what'd you all have to go through to get selected for that?
5: So, uh, when I got selected to be the district first sergeant for the maintenance squadron, it was was, um, was basically just a a commander said he wants to fill that position with someone within the unit to assist the first sergeant. Uh, And then our chief kind of started doing little interviews with uh, Mm -hmm. senior NCOs from around the unit. Uh, I, I've always uh, taken every opportunity that's ever given to me. So it was an opportunity that was thrown my way and I jumped on it immediately. Uh, Chief thought I had the right attitude for it and uh, the right demeanor to, to, to assist the 1st Sergeant. So uh, I interviewed with the Chief. Chief signed off on it. Commander was good with it, off the Chief's blessing.
2: Uh, and, I, and I was in the seat the next week.
3: Oh, wow, that's quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty quick. That was a front fun first week, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Eventful.
0: Eventful. So, do you, do you, is there anything that you, you can't do that uh, senior girly can do?
2: No, being, sure. Okay, so you, so you have being all the district, same- first
0: sergeant. I have all the same opportunities,
5: uh, all the kind of, uh, all the same trainings, with the exception of uh, the actual first sergeant academy. Uh, and I don't and I don't have a diamond in the middle of my right. insignia. But which means uh, he doesn't get special
3: duty pay. Which I don't get special duty pay. Yeah. yeah.
5: But I still have I still get all the same training at the wing level. Mm-hmm. I still get all the same opportunities of events to, to attend and um, any kind of first art and uh, wing leadership off site, stuff like that. So and it's, uh,
4: sorry. Go ahead. It's good experience too, right? So uh, these two both in MXS have four hundred and twenty people under them. So at any point Senior Gurley steps out, they're they're the shirt for that unit. But there's diamonds like myself that are in units that have 100 people, right? right. So um, going back to what Senior Gurley said about the communication with leadership, you know, that's good opportunity right there to kind of get your feet wet and see if that's something you're interested in doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. I actually just had a really good conversation with the command chief here, chief Rucker, yesterday about filling this position. And it's just like... Uh, when you're doing your EPR and you're trying to advance to that next rank, you should be performing the duties of that yep. next rank already, mm-hmm. and that's how Chief Record explained it. There's no better way to tell your leadership, the Air Force at large, that you want to do a position and if it's available, then to fill that position. Mm-hmm. So highly encouraged okay. if there's additional duty first position available, you can jump on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, or even just holding the phone for the weekend.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That, that's another thing I was going like. to. Get into as well so okay um then my next question is so once you get selected i'm sure you get notified saying congratulations you're going to be a first sergeant what happens after that
3: so
2: okay oh, <laughs> so, so you're you're, you're uh, notified uh and then you, you will also know that are you going to pcs or are you going to stay in place mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll, you'll receive that notification that. I think of my email, right? Is so it still email? Yeah, my, so, so, yeah, so you can, can still get the email yeah, yeah. And, and a MyPERS uh, notification as well. Uh, and, and then you'll be ad- identified, you know, are you in a PCS or are you, you going to stay here? Um, and then also you will have a First Sergeant Academy Class
5: mm-hmm.
2: Um So now between the time that you're notified and then going to the Academy, uh, it's great to shadow other First Sergeants. So, uh, Back when I was selected, uh, we, we we had four weeks of distance learning and two weeks of in residence. So that whole four weeks that I was waiting for the the academy uh, to to get in residence, I was shadowing, and I got to shadow four different units. So sort of same thing. Uh, definitely get the get them out and shadowed uh, those units. Other units. But
3: just so you know, that is not a standard. We. We highly encourage people who want to become shirts and have been selected to shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, my experience was completely different um, through the DSD process. Uh, I got to shadow for one week before I went to school and to try to get all the documents and stuff gathered before I actually went to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my unit wasn't going to release me because of the position I was in to go shadow other people. Gotcha. So I went and shadowed for about a week uh, before I left for school. So. The distance learning and all that stuff it may be different depending on what your squadron leadership is is allowing you to do but i also think that's part of the reason why they went back to this selection process versus the dsd selection mm-hmm. because your command team is now fully on board and understands your expectations and what you want to do so to me it says that when you're going to go shadow if you get selected that they're more on board to let you go do that Versus somebody in my position where they're just like, yeah, we need you here until the day you leave. Yeah. Gotcha. Which, I'm not that important. They should have just let me go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Uh, how, so, you said the, the shirt school is two weeks? Used to be. Used to be. It's, so it's four weeks. Four weeks, no. no. weeks. Okay. Yeah, they, they, cut, they cut the whole distance learning thing, so. Okay. Yeah, they've added some curriculum down there. So, it's a four-week school. What, what's that like? Awesome. Is it? I actually had a lot of fun there.
0: I saw him when I was at the Senior NCO Academy, but we didn't really interact, so
4: I just right. saw him walking around, but yeah. uh, what kind of stuff do you do there? If you can talk about it. If so, you yeah, to? absolutely. So, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the same stuff we do in the symposium, the first art symposium with them twice a year, uh, they teach down there. So, it's a lot of, you know, legal briefs and, um, you know, ADAP mental health, you know, you kind of get a uh, little idea of what you're going to be dealing with as a shirt, but what they've incorporated into the actual curriculum is... Um, more conversational piece type mm-hmm. stuff, mediation, uh, crucial conversation type things. Um, can't remember ADR, alternative dispute resolution. resolution is is a new thing they have there, and it's it's really um, empowering first sergeants to kind of be the counselor. You know, whereas for a long time it was you talk to the shirt, we can kind of get the story, and we're going to send you off to an agency to get help. Right? right. This, this is kind of empowering us to have those hard conversations and try to help people firsthand before we send them somewhere else so um but i thought it was a lot of fun there was a lot of interaction um really great networking and so yeah okay. I mean, it was it was really enjoyable
3: so did you do any training as far as a triad because i understand one of the reasons they extended that was to get you more involved with the triad portion. So did that happen? They wanted to, but the uh,
4: the issue we were having is, you know, all the, the, the COVID restrictions, right? So it was unique when I went. The class right before me was all um, Zoom. It was it was all interactive or, or online or whatever. Virtual, Virtual. yeah, thank you. Um, when we went down, we were actually at the the Gunter Annex at Maxwell. Fun, fun. <laughs> two weeks in lodging, we were on Zoom, and then the, the two weeks after that, it was in that residence. Was nice. Okay. Yeah. So um, what they did do is they had us. Uh, they had lots of meetings um, between us and chiefs from around the Air Force, us and squadron commanders, mm-hmm. and you know the whole dialect was about the Triad, kind of their experiences with the Triad and what it's like, and, and all that. So. Gotcha. Um, nothing real, super formal, kind of informal, but just you know, putting emphasis on the triad. Okay.
3: So the reason they're able to do that is because the commander's course is down there, mm-hmm. and the chief's last course right. is down there. Mm-hmm. So when I was going through, they were talking about it, and now it looks like they've actually integrated it. Integrated that. Yeah. Which, which I think is, is smart. smart. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It makes sense.
4: And just so people are tracking, if no one's ever heard of the term triad, that that is the relationship between the commander, the chief, and the first sergeant, or right. commander superintendent and the first sergeant in a unit. Yeah. yeah. So. I forget about that. You say triad. I know. I know what you're talking about. It's called trifecta, but it's, yeah, it's, tri-fecta, a, but tri-fecta. it's triad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Um, we do. I do try to brief that. Well, I, I think some of you have come and done the uh, standards of discipline class. I do all the time with these PEs. I, they talk about the triad all the time. So good. Um, was there anything aside from maybe the the um, what's that? What's this? Not the undershirt course, but it's like the symposium. symposium. Yeah. That that the, the two of the additional duty first sergeants went through, or was that all you did, and then you kind of got thrown into it.
5: So I actually never attended a First Art Symposium. Okay, uh, just kind of you, symposium. Just, you just like
0: I just got the put yourself up. on fire and walked out in the street, yeah, <laughs> essentially. essentially. <laughs> uh,
5: but I have had the opportunity to sit in on two symposiums now, um, and, and every year we try to make it a little bit better, we try to incorporate something. Obviously there's certain things that we have to, we mm. have to do instruction on, right? Uh, but every year we try to make it a little bit better, a little bit more interactive, a little bit more modern as to what we're dealing with in today's Air Force. Mm. Uh, so a lot of it that we did this year, we tried to do scenarios, kind of role-playing scenarios so that so that these tech sergeants and even some mass arts that are in the symposium actually have a chance to kind of act out and go through the decision-making process and the thought processes a lot of things that first sergeants do deal with. Um, but I, that, that was my kind of experience. My kind of experience from the symposium is more on the first sergeant side and actually sitting in on the panels and kind of um, providing first sergeant perspective when certain agencies are in there. Sorry.
1: I, I think that is the big piece is to getting involved with those outside agencies mm-hmm. uh, that are really really good resources for both first sergeant and the members to be aware of so that's that's what we've done this is actually my first week in the seat so we've done a lot of driving around meeting, putting names to faces at the uh, security forces the mental health every readiness is a huge resource yeah so just getting out and about in the in your base community meeting the right people and making the connections.
5: I think we even paid a visit to our career advisor this week, didn't we? Yes, we know. did, Zach. Sure
1: did.
5: <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he's okay. Weird I heard him, his podcast.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it, so what's interesting with that, too, is um, we were just talking about this yesterday in the flight commander course. I had a panel coming. I tried to get as many of the different agencies on base to come sit on it. Um, I don't know if it's a stigma, but I was always hesitant to call, like, legal, or the ADC, mm-hmm. or the Air Center as a superintendent of a flight before, but since I've been in the career advisor seat, they're, they're like, really helpful, nice people. You absolutely. can absolutely call them and ask them questions, and there's there's absolutely no no reason not to call them, basically, so... Um, That's
3: because you're not in trouble on the side of it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs>
0: um, you know, but, like, even before when I was a superintendent, if someone would have an issue, I was just hesitant to call legal because I didn't really know what to say, or what I could and couldn't do, or should the shirt be calling legal, I don't know, but... After sitting in um, these classes and just having to deal with, you know, deal with them with training and stuff, there, yeah, it's good to know that those resources are out there and, and use them because they're, they're definitely there. So uh, one question I wanted to have, or want to ask, because you kind of brought up Sergeant Crider, is how important is it to make sure your family is on board with what this is, what, what it's going to be like to be a shirt? Um, because I think that's an interesting point to bring up, because uh, you're right,
4: your family's kind of in this with you, Absolutely. you know. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's almost as important or more important than the whole professional side that we were talking about before, you know, because, um, it, again, it's a, it's a unique position. There's going to be a lot of late night calls. There's going to be um, a lot of long phone conversations you have with people, you know. Mm. You're going to have to find quiet areas in the house, you know, you're going to be waking up your kids, you know, and, and so um, you, you kind of got to make sure that the family understands the job. And understands that you're interested in it, and kind of why you're interested in it, right? You got to kind of make sure you're you're, you're giving them the info they need, you know, so that they can make a decision on it too. Yeah, because you know, if your wife or husband isn't on board with this, you, you might
2: not want to do it just yet, you know. What I mean? Right, right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah there, there's definitely a lot to consider the, the family dynamics uh, for sure. Because this, you know, as a first sergeant, you know, it's it, it's at least four years. Least four years, Um, then you know, if you get promoted uh, from the time that you uh, get the announcement for promotion uh, and match sergeant right in in March, uh, you have to do an active duty service commitment for two two more years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you got to keep that in mind, and you know, definitely the the whole family has to be on board um, for sure. So, I would say that's probably one piece of advice I
5: would have is is prior to. Making a decision is talk with your first sergeant and see if you can't hold the first sergeant phone for the weekend or for a week or something like that to kind of get a feel for it so the family can kind of get an idea of what it may or may not be like mm-hmm. uh, prior to you
0: making it permanent. So so that actually brings me to another question then. Uh, when passing off the phone, is it hard to kind of detach yourself yes. and not worry about what's the phone yes. and
4: be with yeah. your family? Yeah, is a it- little yeah. I think everyone's unique. I think everyone's a little different with how they handle it, you know, but um, like, so for example, i got the work phone and I'll forward the phone to whoever's holding it for me. Right. But I still have the phone physically, so text messages still come to me. <laughs> work emails still come to me, Yeah. you know, so, so. Um, but I mean, there's first person out there to hand off the, the physical phone to people. They just separate themselves completely, you know, and basically call me if it's a, you know, straight up horrid emergency or something, yeah. right? So I think everyone's just a little bit different with it. If you're in the middle of something,
0: like said, there's an airman guy situation going on, and it just happened the day before you're going to go on leave, is that
2: hard to pass all that off to
0: somebody else as well?
2: Yeah, because you know if, if, that, if that does happen and, and you're like sort of the primary person you know, mm-hmm. that's been taking care of that, it's, it's hard to, to pass it on to somebody else because you kind of want to complete whatever you were working with that number. So right. it, it it definitely could could be hard to uh, pass that on. But uh, you you gotta put it in into perspective and all things considered, you know, if if, if you need that knee, if you gotta take that knee, take it. Take it. Take that break. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I know my, my first my first year as the shirt, you know, I was I was real real hesitant on on passing that phone up, and I, and he, even to this day, I'm still kind of hesitant <laughs> on passing the phone up, even though and I, and I got a full time you know additional duty, but that's just it's just me personally, you know, kind of kind of how I am, you know. Yeah. But um, right. but since I've been a shirt, I know that I have to pass on that phone. Uh, I've got to take a knee. Uh, it's only best for for my my unit. Uh, so i got I gotta take care of myself in order to take care of that unit. So that's why I gotta lean on 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 those other on those others. But so,
4: what the question was, what we were talking about was just forwarding the phone for like a weekend. Like, yeah, we can still take leave. right? Yeah, yeah. And if I'm on leave, and i'm I'm back home. I, i'm I'm not gonna mess with anything. If they got questions, they can call my personal number, right? But, yeah, you know we're we're talking about strictly just handing off the phone for a week or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, just simple stuff.
3: I had no problem with that. When I first gave a shirt, I was T y about once or twice a month at least. So I got real used to handing the phone off to the other masters or tech sergeant. And so for me, it's, hey, here's the checklist. If somebody gets in trouble, this is what you do. Here's the book. Here's phone numbers. All the other shirts on base have their phones on. If you have serious questions, call them. Yeah. Like I'm literally out of phone service, so I can't answer the phone. So I got I got no problem handing, handing the phone off to me.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a good point to bring up because I know when I used to take the phone for the shirt when I was in CE, I would, do, I would call another shirt before I would ever call him because, I mean, you, yeah. like you said, you need to take take a break, you know. That's what you're giving me the phone for. So if I call you with a problem, then what's the point of you even taking – Like you might as well just have the phone. So. Yeah, so that's, a, that's another good point is to call the other shirts on base there. They'll help you out.
3: In my book that I give to the other guys, that's the first thing on the roster is – here's the contact list for all the other shirts yeah. if anybody mm-hmm. else is gonna have an answer it's gonna be them they're they're gonna answer their phone just like they would for any other airman mm-hmm. and when they see it's another shirt calling they're most likely gonna be be answering that phone right away yeah. Yeah. because if us shirts are calling the other shirts on a Friday night because we've got a situation or are we gonna help somebody out yeah sure.
0: okay um is it hard to uh you know I was I was listening to um, I don't know if you guys know who Jocko Willink is, but he kind of talks about this cool. a little bit. Uh
3: he's crazy. I love him.
0: Yeah, he's awesome. Um, <laughs> people on this podcast are probably like, oh God, here's Sergeant Barrett's goes about Jocko again. But he talks about, you know, uh, having like a rough day or being at work doing something crazy, and you go home and, and your your fourth grader is, is complaining about something that happened at school and you have to kind of switch gears from, you know, this insanity at work to this is a problem for my, my kid cool. now. Is that hard to do as well? Like you know, looking at, looking at their problem going, this is this is not a problem, but to them, it, it's a huge problem. I don't think it's any harder
4: as a first sergeant than it was as a flight chief or a superintendent. Okay. You know what I mean? I think we all have gears. We have to switch when we get home. We have to wear a different hat when we get home, right? You know, and, um, you know, you're you're, you're trading the work problems in for family problems. You know, it's, it's, it's really kind of the same dynamic, I think, since I put the diamond on, as it was before when I was, you know, doing flight chief duty. Okay. My perspective is a little bit different
3: because... My family doesn't live with me. <clears throat> my son's 18 and I'm not married. So if I go home and I need to sit on the couch for a little bit, there's there's no, nobody griping about me not doing laundry or picking my socks <laughs> up or anything else. Oh, it, it's, it's so, I, like I understand the aspect of being a shirt in the family and everybody definitely needs to be on board with that. Um, but actually having family live in the house, for me it's a little bit different because my family actually doesn't live in my house with me. Right. So I think I, as a shirt, I have a little bit more freedom to not necessarily take problems home, but decide when I need to take a knee versus a spouse telling me I need to take a knee. Right. Because um, I'm sure you guys as spouses at some point in time are like, all right, we need to, we need to get that phone up. Yeah. <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of times my wife will see that I need to take a break before I ever even notice it. So mm, yeah. that's usually, in fact, usually she sees it before I ever notice it. So so I guess I guess we'll just kind of go into what you know what it's, what it's like. so what what are some of the
2: amazing things about being a first sergeant so i think for me is just that you know that sense of purpose that you get mm-hmm. i mean it seems like every day uh, you know you're you're impacting somebody's career or lives um, you know the the interaction that you have with the personnel um, and, and, and it could be something as simple as, as helping them out, the, you know, them out with with the finance a problem, you know, but down the road that's that's going to help them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then you know we, we have the you know some some more serious things you know um, you know especially you know with uh, you know suicidal thoughts ideations. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're, we're the first person that, that they, they will call. Yeah. And having somebody tell you that sure uh, you saved my life that that, that day or that night um, mm-hmm. that goes a long way you knowing that, that you've done that and and being able to help that number. Mm-hmm. So definitely that sense of purpose and, and, uh, is, is, is huge. For
5: me, it's also good to share in some of the accomplishments that my guys, my guys uh, get to, right? So uh, during promotion season, especially if I know that I've worked with somebody and I've provided some assistance or maybe some mentorship or guidance, and then, uh, they've taken what we've talked about and they've actually applied it. They're they're achieving these great huge milestones within their career. Get to a, get to share that accomplishment with them and get to to to, to congratulate them. And, uh, it's one of the brightest things of my day. And I know it's uh something that I'm trying to pass off starting Clevenger and, and starting Grill and I do it a little bit. Is we schedule positive things for the beginning of the day or the end of the day, mm-hmm. just so that we can start our day off strong or we can end our day off on a great note. You know. Um, this morning, the first thing we did was hand out supplemental staff sergeant stripes. That was the first That's thing. Awesome. 6.30 this morning, we, we went to a, an airmen's work center and, and handed out stripes. So um, I, I just I I love being able to work with guys and, and having that sense of responsibility to take care of my airmen, um, and then getting to sharing those accomplishments once they
3: achieve those great milestones is just an absolute uh, kind of a pleasure of having done this. Um, well, I guess for me, it's uh, obviously along the same same lines as that, but being part of uh, leadership team um, as you talked about the triad earlier and seeing the squadron move from a negative space to a positive space just Mm -hmm. as a whole um, because you either help somebody out individually or a group or a section Um, if if you are able to get a group of people from a negative light into a positive light and they all go in the same direction um, and then maybe not even realize all that at, at once, but then looking back six months, looking back a year later at that and saying, like, the accomplishments that you had in that time frame and then those guys coming up later on were like, hey, you know, sure, we still miss you. You know, we did this and this together. We went here, you know, went from A to B in, in a positive way. Uh, that is huge as long as is as, as far as the individual personal uh, goals and accomplishments as well.
4: I think it's just cool, you know, obviously they touched on the Dealing people, right? You know, but um, personally, just being in a new environment in the Air Force, right? So I'm a maintainer, but I'm working with finance and Mm -hmm. legal, you know, and uh, IG and uh, PA and and so on. So uh, everyone in WSA, you know, Sarn Powell, he's maintenance by trade, but he's with security forces. Senior Gurley, you know, he's uh, he's CE by trade, but he's in a maintenance squadron now. So you know, getting a a whole new, uh, getting into a whole new unit and and. Kind of learn the culture. I think it's. I think it's awesome. You know, and it's unique. There's and not that, another position that really does that. That was my question that you just reminded me of
0: was going from one culture into a completely different culture. Because um, I, I, I keep had, sparking your memory. Yeah, I know, right? The like second time because <laughs> uh, that happened. So I, I'm a CE by trade, you yeah. know, and then uh, I came into FSS and I just learned a ton of things about FSS. That I didn't know a lot of misperceptions that I had or preconceived things I thought. Or most of them are not true. I don't think any of them are true actually. And so that that was kind of interesting to me. So mm-hmm. that was what I was going to ask—is anyone that kind of noticed anything about the unit that they're in that maybe they didn't? They thought they thought the one thing, and they got there and realized, wow, this is not true about this unit, you know? Because it, to me, it's fun. It's fun being in a different unit and seeing if the Air Force from a different side. Yeah.
3: So th- that's a very specific intent of the Air Force mm-hmm. doing that—is to take you out of your career field, not let you go back as a shirt in that career field, uh, to give us new experiences and to let us see new things. Um, the three units I've been in so far. All completely different. Mm-hmm. All can com- not completely different missions with the two seer units, but very, very closely related. Then come to the security forces, um, the inner workings and, and behind the scenes stuff that goes into who's allowed to carry a weapon, who's allowed to check your ID at the front gate versus the captain's guys and the, and the dog handlers. Mm-hmm. The dog handlers, not everybody can do that. That's a separate shred out in security forces. Right. I just see somebody's got a canine sign on their on their door. You know. Like, don't pet the dog. Yeah, yeah. Now I understand, like, that's a completely different shred-out. I would have never known that before. You
0: know? did, did you have to, sorry, I didn't cut you off, You're but good. did you have to adjust any of your methods or or the way you maybe talk to people going from one end to the other, or were you able to just yeah. pretty much do the same thing? I,
3: I, I've never. Well. I don't think I've changed a whole lot. The way I talk to my SEER guys is the same way I talk to security forces. Mm-hmm. They may interpret it different, but I don't think I've changed in the way I talk to them. Okay the way what you need to change is is your outlook becoming a first sergeant you're not just another master sergeant walking around as a leader um you're now part of that triad that is moving the squadron forward not just yeah. a section but the squadron so you try to have that broader outlook like i tell somebody that they you know need to get a haircut as a tech sergeant or a staff sergeant it's completely different when the first sergeant tells you that you need to get a haircut so you got to think about that like it yeah. having a bad day is this finances uh, in, in, in the toilet like why why is he not getting a, a haircut mm-hmm. so you think about that little stuff a little bit differently after you put on the diamond and you see how people react to you saying hey man why does your uniform look like crap why why don't you have a haircut uh, you know what he's been sleeping in his car for a week and he doesn't have any money like that's serious like why didn't why didn't you wash your uniform well I don't have any furniture in my house so I've been sleeping on a cardboard like, don't you have a 3 month? old yeah, I do. Okay, let's let's uh, let's get you some help. Yeah. So, it's not just a haircut anymore. It's not just a uniform. You have to look at that as a whole picture. Gotcha.
0: So, so you learned them, like like you just said, just you know, this person isn't following the regs. There's maybe something behind it. That's kind of your first thing that you go to now is yeah. I don't what's going 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 back on? the onion. Yeah, what's I, going on that you're not doing these of things?
3: Telling somebody to get a haircut. Now I ask them how the day's going and mm-hmm. see what's going on, um, and see how the family's doing. And then if everything's good, I'm like, hey, buddy, you might want to trim that up. <laughs>
4: yeah, gotcha. Yeah, there's a lot of preconceived notions we have in the Air Force, right? You know, and so a lot of people that aren't in maintenance see maintainers as a certain way or a lot of people that aren't in finance see them in a certain light. Everyone's everyone's people. They just do different jobs. And yeah. they have the same struggles and they have the same worries, you know, and they all go through the same things, financial concerns, you know, um, you know, problems related to alcohol, stuff like that. You know, everyone, everyone's really, really similar, and, you know, that's the – Getting in the new unit as a diamond, that kind of opened my eyes to that. Is you know, my, my finance kids, you know, talk the same way as my maintainers did, kind of, maybe a little bit different, but <laughs> you know, but there's there's a lot of similarities there that I, I didn't realize there were. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Totally agree.
3: They're still young airmen in the dorms. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not going to change. They're still going to do stupid airmen tricks. Yep. That's not going to change. But yes, they have different jobs. Yeah. And you might have to. Talk to them a little bit differently, a com guy versus a SEER guy versus security forces or CE, you know. Uh, they might because of their job, they're in that job for a reason, because they're they're steered towards that because of mainly of their personalities in the ASVAP scores. But you can't talk to a com guy the same way you talk to a security forces guy. You're probably gonna get a different result. Yeah. So you and, just gotta kinda of take out take that into consideration where you're working.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what I was asking in the beginning was, was, you know.
3: Be- between my units, I can talk to those guys the same. Yeah. They, they can handle everything the same. Okay. Even as a District force
5: Arts, within our own career fields, and I started our units that we would be assigned to normally if we were just working our actual uh, primary FSC. We work with other agencies so often that you kind of start getting a feel for what that unit's like too. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're advocating for an new no matter where you are in the wing. You do it so often and you get to know a lot of the different offices that you kind of start to understand a little bit about what they do as well. So it actually helps you translate to your airmen too exactly what's going on. Um, and a lot of times we like to, we like to, pyramid will have an issue and they'll just tell you what's wrong and they won't tell you why it's wrong, they'll just tell you what's yep. wrong. So you have to go kind of get the other side of the story too and figure out what's going on. So yep. um, even as district first starts, you kind of start learning about other units too and what they do here uh, for your airmen uh, just by getting engaged and working with them and advocating for your airmen. So,
4: but not only that, but MXS is huge, right? So I mean, you're JETS guy by trade, and now you're dealing with NDI and maintenance right. and, and PML and all kinds of other yeah. things. So you're starting to realize there's other, you know, cultures within even the unit that yeah. you may have not even seen yeah. yeah. the maintenance. So that's something that, I'm not
0: too well versed in. To me, maintenance is maintenance. I you know I've never worked in a maintenance <laughs> unit, so even within that unit, there's well, I guess it makes sense. Because right, in CE, there's a
4: there's different cultures. Because whatever your job is in CE, firefighters yeah. might be a little bit different than you know power pro. You yeah, know, that's what I'm trying to say. Like the unit expands once you become the additional duty a yeah. and there's different cultures within the unit. Absolutely. You know, when I was over there, we used
0: to do um, stampede or stampede socials, yeah. and you would walk in and right. you could you'd see the Folks in the corner playing cards by themselves. That was probably your emergency managers because they're all a bunch of you know. We are all a bunch of loners, but then everyone else is over playing cornhole and whatnot. And you could you kind of tell what office they worked in based on what they were doing in there yet.
3: So you so like along those aspects of it? Like, take first responders, right? Mm-hmm. So at the medical side of things, you have first responders. CE, you have first responders. Security forces, you have first responders. They're all in different units. Mm-hmm. But collectively, they're all still 1st responders. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's unique in that even though in maintenance you might have different sections who do completely different things, in different squadron, you have people that actually kind of do the same thing, even though they're in different squadrons. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: That's true. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, I was one of them, the responders, not a 1st responder. group. We were called emergency responders. Yeah, on the scene you're all doing the same you're doing the same you're not doing the same job but you're working towards the same goal
3: that's that's a good point yeah if, if there's an accident a fire truck shows up a cop shows up in the ambulance Yep. yeah all different units
0: yeah so yeah I, i've enjoyed getting out to different units like the other day when i walked around mxs that was awesome i never even i've never even been into the building really before so just to walk around and see what everybody was doing and see the different parts and they seemed very busy that was that was awesome too and you know so i really enjoyed it i'm trying to get out to the Oh, I was over at Seer the other day helping teach them some stuff, and that was that was fun too, you know getting always, to see how, I how they went out there. there. Yeah, so it was it was interesting. So, what what are some of the difficulties that come along with being a shirt? There's got to be a couple. Uh,
3: well, yeah, the, the most obvious would be you know the DUIs, the mm-hmm. suicide, um, not just the suicide, but suicidal ideations. Um, like if, <clears throat> the, the suicidal ideations can go on for months. And you're working with, not that individual, but the individual supervisor, his family sometimes. Um, you get to know the doctors, the psych- psychologist, uh, with the DUI, you're working with the local law enforcement, you're working with, you know, trying to get this guy, good people make bad mistakes. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and a DUI is an example of that, like some people can't help it, um, and they have a problem and they need help. And that's what we have helping agencies for. And even though I, I completely despise DUIs, uh, those people still need help. Yeah. And so you're stuck in the middle of, I need to punish this guy, but also how do I get him better? How do I get him back to work? How do I still make his life uh, feel like he's important, even after we took a stripe and took pay, and get him back to a working condition and still have him be productive at home with a successful family? So there's, like you you have to put that into um, a view yes we're all airmen he screwed up i'm going to tell the commander and advise him to take a stripe and go down this road but then you turn around and come back you're like all right buddy this is how to get better this is this is right. the road we're going to take so there's some struggles there especially as a new diamond man i really struggled with that a lot
5: yeah i let say one of the biggest difficulties that i had um when I first came into the office was, the first sergeant office was kind of like the easy button. Yeah. We have an issue with an airman, take them to the first sergeant office. Uh, or airmen airman sometimes would just show up, right? <laughs> and the first question I always ask them is is, is, is your supervisor know about this or your secretary? And if they have supervisors and secretary have an opportunity to help an airman through a solution, or help the airman through an issue until they reach a the solution, then, then then, I will always encourage them to go back and try that. that for one, that solving things at the lowest level and B, it's also uh, allowing supervisors to become more experienced, to yeah. more knowledgeable, especially with other issues around base. So, um, therefore, a while was that was one of my difficulties. Uh, but now we're we're pretty good. So, um, the, the message now to my unit is just empowering frontline supervisors to get to get involved with their airmen. So.
3: I just call that allow your supervisor to be a supervisor. Yeah, and absolutely. Just like you said, empowering your your supervisors, they have to learn how to be a supervisor too. Yeah, they yeah. may not be good at it, but that's where they're learning too. Yeah. yeah. We were all there before. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I get that a lot up here. You know, people come up and get an assignment they don't want, and they're like, how do I get out of this? Or they're ready to fill out a 964, <laughs> decline retainability, and basically shut their career. And I'm like, does your squadron know about this? And they're like, no. I'm like, you need to you talk to go talk to your supervisor. Go talk to your, your, your super, yeah. superintendent. They can make phone calls and make things happen. And the air and go, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. you got got to let your chain of command know this kind yeah. of stuff. Otherwise, they can't help you if they don't know what's going on. So
2: that's a good point. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, and then, utilize that. And then something else that's kind of difficult as a as a you know as a first sergeant is not everything is is sort of written in a TO or, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. or in a standard. Yeah. Right? It, there's Very a lot of gray area uh, in, in, in being a first sergeant. Uh, there, you know, humans, right? People, we're all different. Uh, there's so many different scenarios that, that we'll, we'll encounter, uh, and, and there's probably Different answers that that are correct that, that you can go forward with. Um, so, but knowing resources um, and and talking with other first sergeants, uh, talking with your commander, talking with flight chiefs, uh, supervisors uh, is important. So, so, so the, the communication piece and 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 knowing the resources to get you through those gray areas is yeah. is, is great. Yeah, that. probably especially when you first start
0: the being you know you're in your first unit. And, one of those gray pops up, and you right. don't know what you should or should or can, could, can, and can't do, too. I bet, too. Absolutely. So, That's where your, the first sergeants come into hand, yeah, the
5: handle, they come in handy real quickly, right? Then, so.
3: well, so by the time you're first sergeant, you probably had some experience supervising people, yeah. So, definitely, we rely on our, our, our senior shirts that have been around for a little while, and also just your own personal experience, like yeah. put yourself in that airman's shoes if you don't know the decision. Like how do you want to be helped, and and that's usually the right answer. Yeah, always the right answer. Not always the answer they want to hear, but it's if you help the airman, how you would think that they want to be helped, even though you don't know the answer. That's at least going the right direction. Right. When I first put out my diamond, I was calling people all the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You have to even even for what I do, uh, all the career advisors, we have a Facebook group chat thing, and I'm. Everyone is on there constantly, like, "Hey, who's running this before?" And then, bef- like, three people will answer the question in about five minutes, and it's just it's just nice to have that support yeah. to kind of go to because yeah, I don't I don't have all the answers, especially off the bat. I don't I don't know. I have to go ask people the questions. So a lot of first sergeants also
5: have connections in other commands mm-hmm. with other first sergeants, so we can even reach out sometimes to other wings, other commands, and
3: see, "Hey, what's your wing doing with this, or how are you guys yeah. approaching that?" So yeah. well, where did you use PCS from? What? So that's ATC. Mm. And I just PCA'd from an ATC unit. So if somebody has a troop TDY down there, they're like, hey, do you know anybody down there and help them out? That kind of thing. So yeah, our network extends very, very far. Yeah. And then when people PCS, like we just had a couple shirts uh, PCS, and, and one is over in Virginia and you know one's over in North Dakota. So if we have airmen that we know are going on deployment, they get stuck somewhere in that pipeline, like, hey, you know, that other first sergeant may not be able to directly help, but he'll give us a line to some damn base that can help. Yeah. So the, the network of us PCSing or PCAing within the short realm, is, I mean, it just extends. Yeah. Real helpful.
0: <clears throat> so is that something that's difficult? So for me, I have a hard time asking for help. I'm one of those people. So when I first got to this job, it was kind of hard for me to call people and say, hey, what do I do with this or how do I go about doing this? I, I'm not good at that. So does anyone have to get over that as well or was everybody pretty good at asking for help? So it's <laughs> kind of an
4: embarrassment factor maybe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like you, know, like you, you should know this. Is, or, yeah. Right, but in this position, it's—I mean, it's, it should be something that's um, done quite often because we're yeah. dealing with people's careers and their lives and stuff. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's how like, I got over it. I don't yeah. want to give them bad... Advice, so right. I have to, I have so, to get over I, it and just ask help for that's, help for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to make sure you're pointing people in the right direction. Yeah. You know, if it's it's an emergency type situation, you definitely yeah. want to make sure you're on the right page.
0: But more so of you know, you know, there's kind of a like a almost I wouldn't say a stigma, but when you're a shirt, you're supposed to be the shirt. You know, so right. is, it, is it difficult to ask for help? As in, like, hey, I need to take a break. As, does that be, ever become difficult? Because you know, some people may think that they're not supposed to become affected by certain so things. So
5: that was something I was going to talk about towards the end, uh, was I think there's kind of a huge push, at least here at Fairchild for sure, um, of commanders and chiefs checking in on first sergeants, right? Yeah. Uh, chief, uh, first sergeants checking in on first sergeants now. Uh, our wing commander here, every time he sees a first art, he asks one question first. When's the last time you gave up your phone? Yeah. They want to make sure that it's we're important. taking that knee and that we're, we're taking that time for ourselves to make sure that we're... we're uh, the, we're the best we can be when we are on call, and we are on duty. Yeah, uh, But as a first sergeant, you're responsible to the unit, right? And you have this desire. Most first sergeants have a desire to take care of absolutely everyone in that unit. So it does get challenging to sit down and say, hey, look, I got to take a knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I think that we're doing a much better job at least here at Fairchild of making sure first sergeants are giving up their phones yeah. and they are spending time with their families and they are de-stressing and relaxing or, in Starr Powell's case, getting out in the woods and doing some fishing or, or some... Uh, Snowboarding or whatever you, you just do. take
3: my done for a walk about there you go <laughs>
5: there you go so
0: yeah I just I was just curious about that because I know that's something that I, I struggle with asking people for help and admitting that I need to take a break at myself so. But even, I
5: think, I think there's even first start, that go out there and they get professional help, too. from right? yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. They'll step yeah. out, they'll step out of the office, they'll hand over that phone and they'll go, they'll go talk to somebody, whether it's an in military one, force or. Mm. I mean, um, there's many commanders. Even commanders,
4: commanders will go out and do chiefs, that now, Yeah. Or, so there's a big push yeah.
5: to make sure that, that all, everyone in the Air Force's mental health is, is on point.
4: Yeah. So. And that's, that's coming from a position of, of power, not weakness, <clears> you know, when you, yeah. when you finally get over that, that whatever the hesitation is to go seek yeah. help, you know, yeah. that's that really says something about you i mean that's good stuff right there when you go out and get help
3: so that brings up a, a, another situation as a first sergeant you have to at some point in time recognize when your commander and chief need a break yeah. too yeah, absolutely. Um, the situation that we were just going through like i told my commander hey i i think you need to talk to mental health just to talk to somebody yeah he's been around a long time he, he's an awesome dude but the situation that we just went through I can tell. Like he needs to take me, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, you might be a mass sergeant, first sergeant, but you still have to look out for your commander, too, in that realm. Uh, aside from just being an advisor on people getting in trouble and the way the union's going, you, once you get to know your commander, you can have that report and be able to tell him, hey, sir or ma'am, you, you, you might need to take a break. And other persons,
4: too. Is it is it difficult to build that type of rapport with your commander or superintendent? I think it's like with any relationship, you just got to, you know, you got to kind of build it slowly. Right? Yeah. Build a trust factor, right? And then, um, yeah. And then communicate. Make sure yeah. you're communicating with your triad, you know. Learning culture, learning kind of where, where they're coming from and uh, internalizing it a little bit. Yeah. Because I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, your, your boot's on
0: blouse. But it's totally different to walk in there and say, hey, I think you need to... <laughs> Sure. I think you right. you need to go take yeah. a break and do this. It's sure. a completely different relationship, I think, you have right. with somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not, but for them to actually listen to you,
3: I guess I would say. Right, and and that goes back to what he's saying. You, once you build that relationship, you'll be able to walk in there and tell them that. Yeah. yeah. It might not be always the easiest thing to do, but you'll still have that rapport and relationship that you should be able to go do that. Right. Interesting. Right. They're still human beings. They're still airmen, too. Even, they're, so. even though they're the commander.
0: Yeah. yeah. Again, they're people. Well, and I think they appreciate it because, like, I think, I don't remember who said it, but, yeah, how often does somebody come to your office and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, everyone is usually, hey, can you help me with this? Or I've got this problem. Can you, what can you do to help me? But how many people are really asking you, how are you doing? What can I do for you today? And when people say that, do you actually tell them what they can help you with? Or are you just kind of like, oh, they're just being nice? Like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, if someone's in trouble and they go, let me know what you need. And they walk away, but they don't really mean that, you know. You're saying when they ask us, what do we yeah, say? Yeah, do, do I'm you, yeah. I'm honest. Oh, yeah, you're telling I'm us like, today sucks. You
4: know, I <laughs> went for a run last night, yeah. twisted my ankle, which is true, by the way. I twisted my ankle running around the base last night. And um, I say, yeah, it's just kind of a crummy day. I think it'll be better, though, because, you know, we're getting a new puppy this weekend, which is also true. Yeah. You know, so I'm honest with them. Yeah. You know, you, you don't, don't just push them off, especially the shirt. Don't be like, I'm great. Yeah. Or today kind of sucks. You know, have a dialogue with them. Gotcha. And that, that kind of sets the... Um, the, the mode or the mood for them to open up about what what's going on with them.
5: If someone takes the time to come in to the office or call the phone or send a text to check in on me, I mean that's that's not a that's not a rank to rank thing. That's not a peer to peer thing. That's just being a great human, being, yeah. right? Yeah. So I return the favor. I I, I engage with them. Mm. Uh, I tell them exactly what's going on. Obviously, there's a lot of things we don't give them detail on, right? But sure. And we're dealing with difficult situations, I don't, I don't want to tell them those things. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I, we had it, what, about three weeks ago, maybe, uh young tech sergeant just stop by and we were like, are they okay? And he was like, oh, yeah, I just want to come say hi. Come see how you guys are doing. Make sure you guys are doing okay. And I was like, classy move. I appreciate it, man. Have a seat.
0: Yeah. Let's go, let's go get a,
5: let's go get a Coke real quick and uh, let's have a conversation and so. stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they take the time out of their day to come check on you. I, I give them the time to, and actually engage with them. Yeah.
0: Uh, the, the prior shirt and CE used to um, we walk around the building sometimes and he would just sit like people would go, how you doing? He would say something weird to see if they would turn and go, what did you just say? <laughs> or if they would go, oh, okay, cool, and just keep walking. And was kinda, yeah, he was kind of <laughs> gauging like who's actually listening and who's not listening. So. Longer, yeah. But yeah, so so ever since then, though, I tried my I, I try to get better at when I ask them how they're doing, like really listen oh, to geez. what they just said to me. Yeah. Yeah. And if I feel like, and I've done it a couple times, walking around and saying, hey, how you doing? And someone goes, not even in the military. It was at Walmart a couple weeks ago and somebody was like, the cashier was like, I'm fine. And I was like, are you, you okay? And she perked up and was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then we had a conversation. I don't know what it was about, but um, it was just, it was, so I've kind of picked that habit up. So I got that from my, one of my old shirts.
5: I think I had a staff sergeant that's that to me a while back I said, "How yeah, you doing today. He goes, same soup, just reheated. <laughs> and then I started to like, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again? And now I say it. The people just
3: use you listening. Same soup. <laughs> <suit>. Same <laughs> soup, just reheated. Just a plug for the, the clubs and to yep. get airmen out there and doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of sitting in the dorms, COVID or not COVID, um, the small groups that we develop on the base is one of the best things I've seen for an airman. Um, there's a Make It Better, they call it the Make It Better Club at Seymour <clears throat> <throat> Johnson, is where this started from and we're trying to replicate that here and it's the the clubs that are developed by the airmen for the airmen and they're running their own clubs so we tried having a a club fair this week and with covid it just didn't work out so we're going to try to do another one in january and that's just for here but we've seen this work at two other bases and if we can get it off the ground uh regardless of covid at least these not only the young guys in the dorms but everybody has a piece of the pie any any social club that you want to be part of whether it's um diving motorcycle riding biking snowboarding gaming Um, there's a lot of people on base that already do these things like ce has a video game thing that they do once a month and it's only for ce well one of the guys contacted us when we put this club out there like hey can i be the poc for this like yeah that'd be great so now instead of just having ce Young airmen come play video games with him. Now he's going to have a bunch of people from the base, you know. So that community for him just got extended, and now he's part of the leadership realm of running a group. So everybody kind of wins out in this, and it. The main focus is just to get airmen to go do stuff, regardless of your rank, yep, um, or or your position. We're just trying to get airmen uh, together to go do things and get out of the get out of their isolation.
0: Yeah and we talked about that before we started and i was gonna i'm glad you brought that up i was gonna ask you to plug that uh because that is something that i see an issue of right now is people feeling connected even even myself i mean i'm married and i have kids but you know these last for thanksgiving we normally invite people over to our house and christmas is the same and so this year i'm kind of i'm kind of feeling it i'm feeling a little yeah. like Ugh, you know because it's just it's it's not the same thing so that's good i'm so we're doing the club thing i'm Base. And so where can people find information on that if they're curious about it?
3: So we're working right now to go the, the, uh the Fairchild homepage. Mm-hmm. We're going to eventually, hopefully next couple weeks, have a link on there that they can click on. On SharePoint? On or Share- on Share- uh, the Fairchild homepage. Okay. I'm not familiar you with it. Fair- yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fairchild. Google Fairchild. Yeah. Um, It'll be on there. Yeah. We're eventually going to have links, hopefully on the SharePoints and stuff like that and right now uh it's all emailed through myself and and major swanson and the base has through the shirt network and the chiefs we've all sent emails out so right now it's all through email and then um, hopefully in the next couple weeks we'll have a link set up with the base and people can actually just click on the link and find a group they are interested in and join that group and if there's no group they're interested in they can Put in, apply okay. to start a new group, and just start a new group right there.
0: Okay. So okay that was my next question was, how do they, how yeah. do they start So they that's
3: want. the forward-looking goal for the next couple of months is to get that link up and running. Okay. Um, as well as get all these groups together and and start doing whatever group you know they they want to do. But it's uh it's a process. Yep. And with COVID, it makes it even tougher, even for us trying to start this thing. But we're that's what we're working on. So hopefully here in the next couple months we'll have an up and running link that people can just even a are coming into the base. Hey look, I got a I got a, a Mopar, I want to be part of a car club. Thanks sponsor. I appreciate you shooting me an email, but now I already have a club that I'm involved with even just showing up to the base. Right, right.
0: Yeah. So they get here already feeling that like they get people. Yeah, they, they, they already are a part wanted.
3: of something before they even get to the base. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. Okay.
0: Because uh, I know I advertised the um, the 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 fair the fair that they that you had talked about on my Facebook page by yeah. a it got canceled, so I'll be sure to put that stuff out as well. So
3: so the next one's going to be in January, hopefully.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and that's really that's really awesome, and you know um, I, th- I think that'll help out a lot of people because I I do see it I see a lot of the airmen on base are just not feeling like they can talk they just they just feel alone, you know, which yeah. is is kind of a thing everyone's going through that so. But then the other thing I wanted to bring up was for people to embrace technology and becoming connected with others. I think a lot of people are not wanting to do that because they don't like it or whatever. So I hope hopefully this will help out with that a little bit as well. So um, yeah, unless, unless anyone's got any parting shots, I thought this was pretty. This is fun listening to all the different stories, and I learned a lot. Cool. So I definitely need to be better at calling the FSS shirt and see how she's doing from time, time to <laughs> time. about that. Um, so thanks for.
4: Thanks for pointing that out. So, yeah, real quick, we we were touching on, it's just kind of a hard year. It's been a hard year. It's a hard time of year, right? So a lot of airmen are away from their families for the first time during Christmas and New Year's uh, and all that, or the the holidays in general. So um, socially distancing shouldn't also translate into emotionally distancing. Mm -hmm. If you're having a hard time, please reach out. You know, people of any rank can reach out to people of any rank to check in, right? Um, Make sure you're staying engaged with your peers, you know, with your subordinates, uh, and so on so that that's just my my holiday uh, plug you can still stay connected even though you're not
5: face-to-face yep
0: right. absolutely all right Good. awesome well appreciate you all taking time out of your day to come down and do this um you know uh i know i i just learned yesterday we have a, quite a few people who listen to this podcast that i didn't know about so that was pretty cool um but you know if anyone has any questions Feel free to email uh, the email address that you're going to hear once I wrap this thing up, and then uh, reach out to us and we'll, we'll get you answers to those. So. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Well, that's it for this episode of Refuel Team Fairchild. If you have show ideas, people you'd like to hear from, or if you'd like to be on the podcast, email us at fafbcaa at gmail.com.